0: It's saying it's starting. Ah, here we are. There you go. Two for the price of one. And um, Google Hangouts on Plus Hangouts on Air is being temperamental again, but that's all right. Wait, uh, uh, we're tr- what we're trying to do is get a kind of a regular thing going to where something's out every Monday because that's when a new cycle hits. That's when most people are starting their week and all that good jazz so so for those of you who are you know who pop in from YouTube and notice this congratulations you get first dibs on this Um, 60 episode 61 um, what we're going to be talking about is kind of something that is you know it it's something that surrounds us every day Um, it's there for us when we get bored or, or we need an escape from the real world for a while because, you know, all the drudgery and what have you. And it's, it's our entertainment. Um, and by that I mean, you know, what we watch, what we listen to, and what used to be and how it's changed and what direction it's going. I remember watching TV growing up, and I grew up, Grew up in the in the country, and and the only thing we really had was broadcast TV. Satellite was out of the question. Price range apparently was too high. And you know, I grew up in a household that you know, we'd we'd get CD players by the time CD players were already mainstream. So we were among the last to generally touch anything that was remotely cool for quite a long time but we we still listened to radio growing up, we still watched TV you know we'd off, often buy music at stores really wouldn't start running anything until until way way later um and then we suddenly run into stories of blockbuster kind of dwindling down, and a lot of their stores are closing. Um, broadcast television, cable television, not quite being the same. People are cutting the cable, so to speak. Um, do you do you remember all all of this stuff growing up? Like
1: I remember when what's more, came out. I still have... I'm not sure if you can see it right now. I'm going to try to turn the camera a little bit. But if you see where my uh, TV sitting over there, down underneath you might be able to see the giant stack of V. Oh,
0: okay. Are we still there?
1: Yeah, they're still there. Okay. Uh, I just got rid of the VCR the, uh, last week when we switched out beds. i I could probably go buy a VCR and still enjoy watching movies from a VCR. I grew up with that. I have uh, yeah. to put it into perspective. I was showing my fiance. We watched the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy over the course of a few weeks because of work and school and everything else. The free time that we had, we watched it, and I had. I was explaining to her that I had the two towers on VHS. But the other two I had on DVD, <laughs> so. Wow.
0: And V VHS um, VHS has lasted a long time. Um, when because because we didn't have cable or anything like that, um, our dad used who live who lives in Oklahoma. He used to. Uh, record uh, show wrestling shows he would record um, WCW Monday Nitro and send them to us so we, we could watch them and catch up and everything else and it was actually and VHS was kind of the de facto for, for doing that now now you have the WWE network where you can watch a lot of the old stuff on there. For a monthly subscription, um, theaters still exist. Um, it's, it, they still exist, believe it or not, to, to this day. Um, they've had to kind of change things up a little bit to kind of attract more people to it. Um, but, but even the idea of renting a movie for a single night has changed. You you just, you just went to. a Redbox today to get something to watch tonight.
1: Yep, I, uh, I just went and got uh, here I'll open up the case so you can see it. I just went and got Transformers, Age of Extinction looking forward to watching it. It's the only one I haven't seen out of the series yet. So, But yeah, I, I do Redbox fairly often just because it's one of the cheapest ways to rent something. And you can run it just for one night. It's just a buck twenty for a DVD. And I, I went ahead and got the Blu-ray because I got a Blu-ray player over there with my TV. So I just went ahead and did that. And it's an extra $0.30. Cents. So $1.50 for the night, why not? It's super cheap. And if you have popcorn and stuff sitting at your house, I got a stack of popcorn over there somewhere. And I can right. throw it in the microwave and sit and enjoy a movie.
0: And now you have people setting up their own home theaters and everything else. Um, I, you know, I I've, I I would eventually go on to experience the wonders of cable television by visiting, you know, Dad, other people, um, hotel rooms. Um, I even had even had basic cable for a while, basic cable TV for a while when I was in Warrensburg, and eventually I just cut it out because I didn't really watch it all that much and I actually wound up saving a little bit of money and, and now people have the all sorts of options, uh, they have Netflix Hulu um, I've actually been watching a show called Arrow on Netflix and, been, and it's actually very entertaining and kind of enjoyed it thoroughly uh, you know, and Once Upon a Time's on there, all sorts of things and, and shows kind of rotate in or out depending upon agreements with various companies. But my, how times have changed. Um, you, you used to hear that old joke about uh, from Jeff Foxworthy about how back then they had three channels and if the president was on, well, they were screwed for the night.
1: Because he was on <laughs> all just... three channels.
0: Oh, yeah. So... So now, now, times have definitely changed for you There used to be the whole um home taping was killing radio campaigns. Um, people used to kind of record songs directly off the radio with their tape integrated tape recorders so that they could listen to them over and over again um, now instead, you have internet radio or, or even podcasting now. <laughs> making it more convenient for people so that they they can grab their entertainment on the go they don't have to stream it if they don't want to they can have it anytime they want and and in some cases radio stations have actually adapted to that to a point by offering by having um, various companies develop apps for multiple platforms so that people can listen to their station wherever they're at um, theaters are still there but a lot of the you know companies that deliver TV services uh, haven't quite adjusted as much you see some modernization Charter Comcast have their own Time Warner have their own apps um I, I know I mentioned Time Warner, even though I think Comcast kind of bought them out, if memory serves. But they all had this like mobile app for their subscribers to where they can pop it up on their devices. But uh, landscapes change for sure. Uh, um, when? You remember when you noticed that something was definitely different, like when did you first start start looking at things like hulu or were in some cases even going to um, abc 's website or fox's website to watch latest episodes of some shows that pop up I, I
1: don't think I've used the website to watch uh, like their websites like Fox and stuff like that, but I know uh, for me, the biggest change was when I actually got like broadband. Internet because when I in a podcast a long time ago, I talked about how uh, when I grew up with the crappy computers that I've had in the past and stuff like that, I, um, I only had dial up in my house, so I couldn't use the internet. So, I, my parents had uh, we had Dish after we had old school uh, satellite. We used to have uh, we did have cable for a little bit for not very long, but we had a big, big antenna outside the house. And when we decided to get rid of that, Dad got a DISH, but it was, I don't even remember the company, but the DISH is as big as my car, basically. It was It's a <laughs> satellite. And, like, the channel system was not like you have, you can browse with a guide or anything. You had to manually type in every channel. You couldn't just scroll through and stuff like that. You had to type right. in every channel. And when we went from that. We got Dish. That was a big thing. And then uh, after Dish, my, my parents have—I think—they have Direct TV now, and they've got broadband and all that other stuff. So I mean, they—they finally modernized everything. But when I moved out of the house, we slow—we sl- we got DVDs as well. So that was—that was another big change for me. Was once we started moving away from VHS, even though my parents still have a huge VHS collection stored away somewhere where it's dry so that way the VHS tapes don't be ruined. Because it's not like DVDs now. Like VHS tapes, that's actually physically burned into the film. And a DVD, you can throw it in a hot whatever and it's not going to work. It's not going to matter anything. But if you do that with a VHS tape, you can melt it or just harm the tape itself. But right. once I finally moved away from my parents... I, came, I went to school and I started watching stuff on YouTube all the time and being able to browse the internet uh, fast and not having to worry about uh, slow speeds. So I started watching videos and all kinds of other stuff, getting into more online gaming and stuff like that. So I think going to college was probably the biggest change for me than, than anything else was, mostly just because I was able to explore what I like myself not not being sitting at home watching what my parents liked as well what I grew up with. Well, I mean that that brought me to where I am now but I was able to make my own choices watch what I want and use a different platform instead of being stuck with like dial-up games and stuff like that so that was probably the biggest change. <laughs> that was the, the big lead up for that. But.
0: Uh, the the fir- first kind of change was when you know we visited our dad in Oklahoma and he had he had America Online through dial up and everything else. Yeah, the high school, but and it was you know it was somewhat fairly quick, but at the same time, it wouldn't be until like year 2000 where everything was a little bit more modernized up to that point where that school was still running computers with Windows 3.11 for work groups over <laughs> Novell Network so, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, and maybe, maybe every now and then you'd run into a computer with Windows 95 on it then they upgraded to Windows 98 newer versions of Office like Office 2000 but that was about it But other than that, going to like our dads had dial-up. We could sort of listen to streaming internet radio stations through AOL, but that's as far as it pretty much went. Eventually, college is when things started changing a little bit more. College had access to higher speed networks of sorts, and you know, able to I was able to bring a computer with me, and at the time plug into an Ethernet port, and away I went. But then it was when I ultimately moved out, moved in with somebody else on on Broad Street. It was the first place that that I was at. Was you know now that that amount of time has passed, I can. I guess talk about that a little bit, um, and I was I was still kind of not quite understanding the whole being out and well in this case I wasn't quite on my own but I was a lot closer to that than I had been and and later I would discover that it was more common than not for there to be a roommate without necessarily being on that same lease for an apartment complex that happens more often than, than people, you know, happens a lot more often than people would think and everything else. But, but turns, I later learned that Missouri was very favorable towards renters and everything else. I know I'm digressing, but Missouri is favorable towards, renters, if, if you basically live in a, if you occupy a place for about 30 days you have to be given an official 30 day notice to leave and if you know the proper loopholes you can pretty much turn that 30 days into a few months so, <laughs> so it, it was there that I first experienced cable internet later i would i would I would later experience DSL very briefly, but it wasn't reliable where it was at because I moved in with somebody else It was their service they signed up for they eventually moved to charter because and and we both found it to be more reliable and DSL at the time was not that expanded outwards I guess it was barely within the service area. But since it was on the outskirts of it, it just wasn't as reliable. But um, college is pretty much what changed a lot of things. It, and it wouldn't be until much, much later towards the end of college that, oh, wow, not, not only can you pay a monthly fee and get whatever movie you want, keep it as long as you want, as long as you pay that fee. Now you can watch it online, too. And I think Netflix eventually kind of separated the services out and even emphasized streaming more than anything else. So a lot has changed. Um, I used to play the NES, and now, now you can play video games on your smartphone or tablet. Um, times truly have changed quite a bit. You still have some video rental stores like Hastings, but they don't just specialize in renting um, shows and movies. There's family video in the area too, but it, it, let's face it, it's the adult section that's probably keeping them afloat too. <laughs> so, um, And then I think we kind of... Glossed over it in a previous episode, the Scarecrow Project, where they basically turned a video store into a museum of sorts. So they, they realized that the jig was up in Seattle and they decided to kickstart a $100,000 campaign to raise money to convert to a nonprofit. So I think they're, I think the Scarecrow Crow project is now, yeah, it, Okay, so it's it's not quite October yet, but they're trying to get to that point this October. So hopefully hopefully by the time, hopefully in a couple of days or so they'll they'll be um, ready. they're trying to do VHS maintenance and protection and all that sort of stuff and restoration and things like that. And they they even talked about how they still use streaming to this day, you know, personally when they go home, but, but that there's always something with the physical media that you don't get, you know, with them. And... I think a guy with the last name of Lynch, I'm quoting the final paragraph. He's like, we're not sitting here telling you don't use Netflix, don't use Amazon. I use them. They're perfectly good, but a lot of people forget that those streaming services, convenient though they may be, what they offer you is determined by a few gigantic mega corporations paying each other millions in licensing fees. What we have here doesn't shrink, doesn't expire, doesn't change based on what two giant companies want you to be able to see. And that's staffed by a bunch of folks who really care. So so, uh, so this is why DVDs still exist, and it's because you have Netflix, but every now and then certain shows are available one year, and then they're not available the next year because licensing deals weren't renewed or what have you. Um, Redbox is a little bit of a better option in renting because you can hold on to it as long as you want. If you hold on to it so many days, you've basically paid for the movie. Uh, And it's yours forever. Um, Which I think is an interesting model. Now, I think now you can rent games out of there too, right? You can rent movies,
1: games... uh... That's pretty much it. I don't know if they carry any like TV shows, like series or anything like that, but for the most part it's movies and games. DVDs, Blu-rays, games, anything right. sold on a disc. Um, but they, they carry a variety of types of games. they just got Destiny in. They're really trying to push Destiny. Um, and in a previous podcast I mentioned that I have a uh, PS4 on layaway. I'm probably going to get right. it eventually. I don't know yet. But uh, there's a couple of PS4-exclusive games I'll get, depending. I might try them out first if Redbox has them at the time. So it'll give me a chance to give it a try and see if I like the game for sure. But uh, Redbox is definitely a very good uh, venue for getting media in terms of games and movies.
0: Because now you still have the rental business. Definitely, the rental business and everything else It's just kind of changed venues a little bit. Um, but you, when we we talked about how, in some cases, you know Netflix is being pressured to block known VPN addresses due to you know geo geo based restrictions on being able to broadcast certain shows, movies, what have you. We've also noticed how some companies haven't been as willing to adjust accordingly to a new potential market, even though people are like, hey, you can make money off of this, shut up and take our money, and they're ignoring it because they prefer the control. But but yeah, video entertainment has changed quite a bit, but... But so is listening to like music, too. Because we, right. actually, I actually, I still remember record players.
1: <laughs> my brother has a record player in his, in his room. He's got a giant record collection that was my par- uh, some of the stuff that my parents had, and stuff like that. And a while ago, he bought a um, uh, a record player that would convert from that to a MP3 format, so you could actually like uh, stream it to a computer or whatever using a USB cable. Uh, That's pretty it cool. didn't work, right or something. I can't remember what was up with it, but it didn't work. So, he just still plays them on his the Dragon Player every now and then. I think he has it put up now. But.
0: but yeah, I actually grew up listening. You know, there were records that were put on the little record the turntable and everything else, and and then it went to cassette. We went to cassette, and then you know eventually, after everybody else already had it, we had little. We actually had we actually had the portable CD players that took batteries, which actually was and we already had the um, things to where we could plug it into a wall and play it all the time if we wanted to. And the first first, first, first uh, CDs we had, and those things were had on layaway, by the way, too. But the first CDs were like Disney Disney soundtrack CDs and everything else. But the, the idea that we could have something more modern like that, I the, the first MP3 player I actually had was actually an iPod too. So. Like I, I didn't get involved in the whole download MP3 downloading because well uh, didn't have consistent enough access to the internet to do that anyway. But I know that, know that I knew it was big, pretty big deal in high school too. Um, were you involved in any of that?
1: Yeah, I, I was going to mention that I did it. I did it pretty heavily, even though like I mentioned that I was on dial-up. Earlier in the episode, almost all the way through high school, even up until gra- I graduated, I had dial-up. Um, but I still downloaded music while I was on dial-up. It, it was crappy, and a three-minute song would take approximately thirty minutes to download on dial-up. Oh! So, you had to be extremely patient, and I had to be extremely picky with what I wanted to download. But yeah, I did. I did mess around with that a little bit. I just now I can download like. 50 songs and done so I don't have to worry about that anymore it takes like two seconds per song that's it
0: and and nowadays you and and I think you know giving credit to Apple where it's due, they kind of popular made the notion popular with the, with the iTunes library and iTunes store you know 99 cent tracks and then from there people went um Went in and um, did all that, but um, but now, as, as you can see, you know, with with something like Google Play on my phone, showing this to the camera. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll notice various albums um, from Google Play's service. It can also the mobile app on the phone can also pick up your albums on your, on your SD card or what have you. And now Google's letting people upload songs and everything else and manage them from there to where you can have it. Yeah. Right there too.
1: I have, I have over 5,000 songs on Google play right now. We've got a lot on there. I, I listen to it while I'm at work and stuff like that, but it's, I've got a bunch of artists I'm scrolling through it right now. You probably can't see it very well, but it picks up it automatically picks up all the uh, pictures and everything like that. And even on the uh, home screen of my phone, I've got a little widget over here. Give it a second to adjust. You can probably see it right there underneath some of my apps. It's a little uh, Google Play widget. It's real white and then it's got a couple of buttons there. But like from my home screen, I'll turn the volume up just a little bit. But I can play it, and it's playing right now. Probably can't hear it very well, but I can play it straight from my home screen on my phone. If I wanted to listen to music, just unlock my phone and play music. It's that easy. It's that quick. My right. Screen, that quick. But I've been using it for a while, and I, I love having all my music on my phone. And just, I can just download it whenever from Google servers and listen to whatever I want. And it, uh, Google Play Music will also suggest, like, based on your listening preferences, of what type of list, uh, music you listen to. And since I listen to a lot, I'm pretty sure I'm challenging them pretty good. Uh, it, I bet it, it changes it up a little bit. They'll create uh, playlists for you to listen to. Oh, yeah. Like that. It's, it's a very interesting service.
0: And now nowadays, nowadays they even... At least, if you buy an album on Google Play, they will let you download it twice. And I assume you have to repurchase it if you want to download it again. I don't remember, but but lately I haven't had the need to do that because on my mobile devices I can say just keep it on this device and no big deal. But um, but if I want to grab it onto the computer, I I can. It's and they don't restrict copying of the files that you download too, so so you can back it up some to some cloud storage solution and away you go. And late, like and in some cases I can get some albums for free through promotions they have or or doing the doing the Google opinion rewards surveys on their app and getting, you know, Google Play credit for it. and and you have you have internet radio even now, but now it's Pandora or something else entirely a lot, a lot of stuff's changed and and even in podcasting um, in some cases, you can actually upload videos to for people to download and watch stuff, even though they even though services like YouTube or others are used nowadays. That, that's still available, too. So it's that's the wonders of RSS. So.
1: Well, that, that, um, in the last episode, we talked about the new funds that we had and everything. Uh, one feature I forgot to mention, which kind of can tie into this episode, is that I've got an app that lets me uh, – it's called an FM radio that came with the phone that uses – Right now, it won't work because I don't have a uh, headset or headphones plugged in to my uh, phone. Uh, phone, but it uses your headphones as an antenna for an FM radio, so I can listen to FM radio with my phone. does an actual. It doesn't have an actual transmitter, but it uses headphones to do it.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. So, and. Satellite radio, I we forgot. I forgot to mention that how that has changed things quite a bit too, and and the two competing companies are now one company, but but that that kind of has changed a lot of things too. I only listened to some briefly because somebody else had like some subscription to I think Sirius or XM, I can't remember which, but um, it was. It was pretty interesting knowing that that you know more satellite-based radio has been you know popping up, had popped up, and I don't know if it, it's still hanging in there barely or what's going on with it, or if it's mainly just celebrities who are on there doing very well. But I I don't hear much about satellite radio anymore. It still exists. <laughs>
1: I think it still exists. I've never used satellite radio. I've never had a use for it. I just listen to standard AM, FM. I I never use AM, but I use FM radio in my car. I listen to that almost every day. You want to class and work. I hear some interesting news on there every now and then. So that's mostly why I still use it. You you never know what you're going to hear. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, Shoutcast. Who who could forget Shoutcast? Um, Through started by the people who put out Winamp. And actually, I think Shoutcast still exists because...
1: Winamp seems so ancient now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Originally, they were just going to um, I guess go by the wayside, and there was a campaign to save save it, and I guess... um, I I guess that I guess yeah, they, they were they were about to get ready to shut down and everything and I guess uh some company or another kinda bought them out and and decided, hey, we'll 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 keep everything up. I don't know if it was Microsoft or somebody else that just picked it up. I can't remember which, but there was this whole campaign to save Winamp. <laughs> and
1: I remember that. I remember hearing about that. I think that was last year sometime last year. Yeah. Recently, not, not too long ago, but I remember something about Winamp's going away. It wasn't too much talk about it. And then I guess they're still going now.
0: And Shoutcast sites, well, there's a new Shoutcast site. It still exists, but looks like it's there. Uh, oh, come on. I just want to scroll to the bottom because I just want to see who, who. okay. I don't
1: think it's there. I, <laughs> I tried doing that earlier. I was trying to find out who owned it.
0: I guess not. Um Actually, I'll just click partners, and that, that'll that'll basically say who is involved with this currently. Well, that's
1: interesting. Wow. I just did the same thing, and it's uh, they're involved with Winamp, Roku, Western Digital, Panasonic. That's interesting.
0: Yep. And Radionomy Group is I guess who who basically owns all of this now and good I, I, I remember when App and the whole scheming uh, skinning themes and everything else and and how there was you know a lot of people write, doing up skins Um But yeah, I think I think radionomy is, yeah, radionomy is the one is the one that does that, and it says, wait. Oh. So let's one one of the. Come on, there there was one little head, a uh, little quote that says. Shopcast is launching a new streaming service that includes monetization, blah blah blah. Um, I wonder if WinApp is available. If it is, I'll be I'll be tickled pink. Finally, CheckCast is now free, or completely free, or whatever. So, but yeah. It, but but Shoutcast popularized the internet radio because you could set up your own server and have your own little station and everything else too, and, and that was pretty cool too. But I think other solutions have popped up too. If you go to Winamp's page, um, the one constant is still there the llama and apparently they're working hard to quote unquote re-energize when so I, I guess I guess they're trying to I guess they're trying to get things updated so uh Don't think I don't think it's available. New copies are available for um, for uh, anything yet, but but they they actually have a forum still. So actually, is Winamp available in Google Play?
1: I don't think so. I was I was trying to find that out real quick.
0: I know it was available for Android at one point. Yeah, they changed from AOL to Radioonomy. And they're doing a whole new redesign. So, I guess... I guess people are... So I guess they're still trying to redo the website. So it looks like they're still working on it, but but their forums still there and and everything. So that that's pretty cool. So yeah. But when you when you go to the download win app it links to their forum, so that's so it's still kinda of, sorta of there. It's just they're kinda of working behind the scenes. So But other other venues for internet radio exist, uh, including uh, flash based solutions too. Um and because because streaming internet radio is still pretty popular, um, you listen to like video game remixes, right? Do what? Have oh, you ever listened? Have you ever listened to like um, artists remix video game soundtracks with various instruments?
1: Oh yeah, I've I've listened to that. Uh, actually, I remember reading an article where it may have been a YouTube video. uh, it was a video gamer who redid a lot of the music from uh, Skyrim and stuff using uh, various uh, instruments and stuff. I can't remember if she was doing a cover of it or actually uh, redoing it. I cannot remember exactly but I listened to parts of it. It was actually really good.
0: Well, one one example one example of a network that does this is eight um, bit X Radio Network. And I, I first encountered them um, through an ad on YouTube where they um, on a show called Botchamania where every mess up every wrestling show or event mess up that was prominent for that week was, you know, displayed for the whole world to see and and I'm like, oh, this is cool, and and um, and it, it, I, 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 pretty much, pretty much listened to it, and I like it, and I'm still waiting on those free stickers for me, uh, bringing the the streaming issues to their attention. I was like, um, because I, I accessed them through the Game Radio app, on which is available in Google Play, and I was like, "Hey, um, I keep getting a connection error." They're like, "Ooh, uh, we fixed it. Sorry about that." And they're like, "Hey, follow, you want us follow up with some free stickers?" I'm like, "Sure. Give my mailing address." Haven't haven't heard from them since, but I, I don't. I just wanted I just wanted to be able to listen to that station and everything else. Um, so that's, that's pretty. it's a pretty cool website and I guess they have various talk shows on there too but do you do streaming radio or not so much
1: for the most part no like I said I usually listen to if I do any sort of radio I'm in my car so I'm usually listening to it on the way to work or on the way to class in the morning or on the way from class in the afternoon um, but if I do any streaming, I'm streaming my music from Google Play on my computer because I, I don't. I, I only have a back of it uh, stored on my hard drive. I really I don't try to keep it on my computer physically anymore. I just keep it remotely. It doesn't take up that much space anyway.
0: And I think there's also some Android-based devices that you plug into your TV that let you access Google Play and everything else and um, the, the TV in the living room has um, has various apps on it and it's through Sony's um, the same type of system that uh, Sony has on their game consoles um, the WWE network is available on their Netflix and everything else even Pandora kind of noticed that too but but now he, uh, now even playing video games, you can play all the classics over the, I think over the internet with with something from Sony for. I don't know if it's for some monthly subscription fee or what, but but that a lot of the stuff has changed. Um, what what's the latest entertainment innovations you're looking forward to?
1: Um, well, like, like I said earlier, I'm going to be excited when I pay off my PS4. I'm going to hook that up to my TV. Uh, It'll have a Blu-ray player integrated. I actually just found out the other day that it's capable of playing 3D Blu-rays. So if you have a 3D TV, you can watch 3D Blu-rays. You can stream uh, music, videos, all kinds of other stuff with it. Play online. Um, It's not just a game console. It's... It's Sony wants it to be an entertainment system. That's that's what it's been from the start. Was the Sony Entertainment System, the PlayStation. Right. So it's it's very capable. I'm I'm looking forward to it mostly. And anything else, I've really i already got everything else that I really want. Like my phone, I just got it, and it, I uh, I'll be able to watch videos and stuff remotely on it. So.
0: Well, do you do you think virtual reality is gonna start um, cutting in on some of this stuff too, or is that still a little ways off? I know there's I know there's Google Google Glass for augmented reality and then there's the Oculus
1: Rift. Well, the the Oculus Rift, the Oculus Oculus VR, the company that made it, was bought out by Facebook a while back. So Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't heard much out of it since. I know they've uh, kind of updated the project's website. I think there is a website for it. I'll actually check that real quick. But I don't see it taking off very soon, mostly because most people are used to, like, if, if you're a computer gamer, a lot of computer gamers like like this new technology and stuff. And I, th- I think it's amazing. I, I really am looking forward to it. But I don't see it taking off very, very far because... I am very comfortable with a keyboard and a mouse right. or a game controller, and a lot of people are just very familiar with the game controller. It's been that way for a long time, and I read an article a while back that was saying something about when the Wii came out. The Wii was revolutionary. It really was. It, it's the first device that had a remote that you would just swing around and you could do things with it, like playing Wii Bowling, you take the remote and you do this, and you Throw the ball one direction. You can tilt your hand one way and put a spin on it. I mean, it's just based on gestures entirely, and it communicates through Bluetooth. But that, other than that, as interacting with the TV like that, it's 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 good, and the we that was the Wii's only selling point really. But if you try to bring that into like other games, I, there was. Uh, Somebody was talking to me about. I think it was like a glove for the like the original Nintendo. I forgot what it was called, but it was a the power glove. Flop. Do what? The, the power glove. glove. Yeah, the power glove. It was a major flaw. Like it was really cool technology, but it sucked apparently. I never I got to experience it, so I don't know. But most people are just familiar with your normal gaming controller that Granted, it's changed over time. Like, for example, the original Nintendo controller was basically just a brick with some buttons on it. And now the latest the latest uh, game system, the uh, PS4 or the Xbox, uh, I'll use the PS4 for the sake of this example because it's got a touchpad on it. But it's just it's a normal controller. It's The design has been changed just a little bit, so it looks a little different. It might feel just a tad bit different but it's still a game controller. It still fits in your hand, you, you hit buttons to do whatever, and it's got a touchpad. That's the most uh, revolutionary thing for the PS4 controller. It's not really all that greater than the fact that it's wireless. <laughs> so people aren't... I guess people just aren't that comfortable with that radical change.
0: Right. So, like... A lot of... But a lot of a lot of new type of entertainments coming out um, and everything else. And like this, this is an example of modern entertainment where we can share stories on YouTube. Um, and I would imagine that there will be more and more solutions that let you do kind of streaming video archiving in a more decentralized manner at some point too. Where you can set up your own kind of um, kind of like station of sorts and do that too, and I'd imagine something like that getting mainstream too. And I think I think part of the reason why some of these established companies are kind of scared is they they've been used to having I guess control for so long, and And I think this is what you are running into with their products, integrating it into entertainment. They're going to run into that even more now so too because control is shifting from large corporate entities to the hands of the individuals. Companies like uh, Google and others are recognizing this and finding ways to cash in on this. Um, Other more established companies are kind of, I guess, scared of this. Um, Your thoughts on this? I
1: don't know. I think uh, there probably should be a movement toward uh, different things like that. Um, I know there are some things out there right now, like uh, for uh, for gaming specifically, especially for like the new PS4, and I'm not sure if this is the case on the Xbox One, but you're able to uh, stream your, like, live stream your games to uh, Twitch TV, if you've heard of that, you, you can actually... Right. A lot of people are playing games on that, like, uh, I used to play League of Legends, and you were able to stream uh, whatever you were playing onto there, and that's actually now integrated into the PS4 where you can, like, whatever game you're playing, like, you hit the PlayStation button in the middle of the controller, you hit that, and then you can share it on uh, Twitch TV and start streaming whatever you're playing. Like, Yeah, so you're playing Destiny, and you're you're an awesome, badass game, and you're beating everybody. You share that online, so you're able to do that. I, I think I think that should be some more stuff that we uh, uh, develop over time, just because it, it's more interaction with, with people, less with... Hardware, so that way you're not stuck at home. Maybe, maybe bringing people back together again physically, not just re- uh, remotely with the internet, but still having that same technology and being able to interact with more than just a small group of people.
0: Yeah, know, because I, because one, 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 you know, gathering related type of stuff was were things like land parties where people actually brought their computers, networked them together, either shared files or played multiplayer games, and now LAN parties still happen, but I don't hear about them as much, probably because of the area that I live in, but you <laughs> may find it more up in larger areas. But yeah, i actually been to like uh, one or two smaller LAN parties,
1: I've only Good. had the chance to be in, like, one LAN party. I did that in uh, when I was going to school in Sedalia. We had a club there on campus. It was the tech club. And for the most part, we played video games. We, also t- <laughs> we talked about uh, technology and stuff like that, worked with gaming computers and stuff. We played Warcraft 3 a lot and then Unreal Tournament as well. So, I mean, it was a LAN party. So we played games, talked about technology, stuff like that. But that was my only opportunity to actually do LAN parties. I really enjoyed it. I wish I could. I wish that thing was more popular. But unfortunately, not many people can afford a gaming PC. It's, it's real expensive. So Steam, uh, Steam uh, Valve, the company that makes Steam, has uh, added in where you're able to play multiplayer with people online. You don't have to. You don't have to go and be in a LAN party. So if you have a crap computer or something, or if you Every game and computer—it doesn't matter. You're just able to interact with people while playing that game at their home oh, yeah. with other people, and it, it's a good feature. But I, for me, just me for the personal inter- interaction, I would enjoy a land party more. I really would. It's because you're there—you're physically there with people, and if you—if if you're into that thing of like being able to turn to the person next to you and say, hey mm-hmm. uh, just very. Uh, how should I put this? Um, light trash talk, <laughs> just to end it for the sake of oh. fun. Just telling him that he sucks or something. Or I would do that while I was playing, and I wasn't very good at the game. I was just doing it for the hell of it. And for example, I was I was playing Warcraft three, and I got demolished by this other guy. He was creeping and everything else, and he found me and he destroyed me. He had a he had a massive force at his base, and he ended up sending it to me. So I had managed to escape with one little worker, or what was called a peon if you played the orcs in Warcraft 3. <laughs> so I sent him off into a, a far corner of the map and started rebuilding. They thought it was hilarious when they found out that I wasn't dead. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like that interaction between people while you're there, and gaming that way. It's much more fun.
0: If, if if I can dig out my old copies of Warcraft 3 um, through Wine, I may go ahead and install it on this desktop and maybe experience it a little bit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Probably probably not tonight. Probably some other night. Because I would have to go digging in this metal, metal thing behind me and move everything off the top of it for a while and then... Well, I'm not in the mood to dig right now. But... But... But I, I would like to see kind of a combination of the two where you have a gathering that has access to really high speed internet at the same time. And you may have like a streaming camera saying, Hey, check us out over here. You can, you can see us interacting, moving around at this little land party, but you can also join us online too and have you know, play some games, have some fun, have some discussions, or whatever. Um, you know, I I I kind of see that as as a modern form of kind of a convention. At some point, you already have some of that happening, kind of uh, kind of up north with some unconventional type of gatherings that are broadcast online. I don't see why that couldn't be done in gaming and networking too but uh, but th- throughout all the years, kind of noticed that control shifts back to the hands of every every person, and no matter how hard a company tries to kind of lock things down and completely control it, they find out they they aren't successful <laughs> um, and everything else and and even now, the old-fashioned forms of entertainment manage to come back for a while because of nostalgia. But, um, yeah, that I've got nothing else.
1: Well, that was just going to add to your uh, talking about how the old... Uh Old games are coming back. I was actually just looking up now to see if you could still buy Warcraft 3, and you can on your Battle. If you have a Battle.net account, if you play ever played World World of Warcraft or anything like that, you can download the classic uh, Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3 and stuff now. Um, but there's a site where you can download old old games like legacy games. That like uh, if you ever wanted to go back and play the original Age of Empires or uh, download roller coaster Tycoon, which I loved. I loved roller coaster Tycoon. But go to a site, it's called goodoldgames.com. What they do is they sell all these old games. You can usually get them pretty cheap. Five, six, seven bucks. You download them and you can install them on They're... all the games work on a Windows PC, but you can also install them. Some of the games are trying to get them to work on Linux if you run Ubuntu or on a Mac. So it's it's a really good site, and especially if you love older all those older games and you want to have them in your collection again, you can go and buy them and download them. It's, it's a great site. It's not expensive at all.
0: Well, and, and go, GOG.com is the um, website in question. If you put in goodoldgames.com, it'll redirect to that. Um, and there... Yeah, there's uh, Soul Reaver 2, Neverwinter Nights Diamond. Um, And I keep forgetting this other system I'm using. Only has um, single-core hyper-threaded Intel Atom processor. (laughs) Even with 2 gigs of RAM in this thing, I probably should have gone with XFCE on this or something else entirely.
1: (laughs) Are you running standard Unity right now?
0: oh yeah Yeah, probably not (laughs) and I'm running Google Chrome too which is probably contributing to quite a bit of my problem right now but
1: it's a a RAM (laughs) hog
0: oh absolutely but the good news is I'm just using a to surf and using um, a text editor just to paste links in to kind of put it in the show notes later so um, the the initial plan was to kind of, um, kind of record a couple of episodes with Stephen Kelly, but um, he won't be available this week. So, so pro- probably next, probably next week will be a week of all let out. Maybe we'll see. because um, the initial plan was having you know, you know episodes ready at once. Maybe take a break for a week or two as those episodes are published and everything else, but we'll figure something out. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to this before we kind of sign off for the
1: evening? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Just If you guys have anything that you'd like to hear, just let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely entertain any of your ideas. It'll jostle through our heads, see if we get any ideas brewing up based on your, uh, feedback. So just let us know.
0: Um, and we'd also like to know what your, what your, um, fondest memories of various forms of entertainment growing up were. Did you like watch TV? Did you, uh, did you even play video games, even if it was like the little arcade things or does your history go back further than that? Um, Feel free to drop us a line on thenextreport.com, where our social media bar is on the left. You can communicate uh, with us through that. We're also on Tumblr. And you can feel free to drop us a message at 660-474-0345. Leave a message, and you very well could hear your voice on a future episode of the podcast. Entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. I'm Thomas.
1: And I'm Stephen J. Tompkins.
0: Yes, and we'll see you next time.